and we're live. Hello. Woo-hoo! Welcome, everybody. Hi there, Wana fam. Before we get started, um, we just want you to know that this is not a normal podcast. All right. It's a podcast that's a voice for you. This is your podcast, and we want hashtag Wana to be the place that you go to each week to laugh and feel loved and supported. It's not about us. It's about you. What that means is we need your involvement, all right? We need your feedback by commenting on our YouTube channel, rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes and SoundCloud, shouting us out on your social media pages, emailing weirnoalamo at gmail.com with your questions. Everything you do helps because it is your podcast. You're the creators of this podcast content each week, and that allows for growth and support to anyone at any time for any reason. So lastly, since you've been listening, you know that sometimes we make light or make joke about suicide, death, or other difficult mental health issues, and I've been there, and I'm sure many of you have too, and sometimes it can be easier to talk about the dark, dark stuff when there's a little laughter involved, so that's where that's coming from. But we want you to know that we don't take it lightly and we're concerned about you and your well-being. If you're having suicidal thoughts or plans, stop listening to this podcast and call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK. And it is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline that provides 24-7 support to people in crisis situations. If you don't have a phone, text HOME to 741-741. Go straight to the same place. This podcast is about opening up the conversation, and if it's your first time listening or watching, welcome to the Wana fam. Remember, we want you to stay with us, and you are not alone because we are no Alamo. Alamo. So, everybody, hey there, and welcome to We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. Woo-hoo. I am Paige Whalen, your host, and my co-host today is Matthew. Welcome, Matthew. Just for today? We'll we'll Pleasure see how long here, we'll see how long it takes for right. you to like to be replaced. I get it. No, I just stick with it. Oh my gosh! All right, and as Fear of being replaced as always, Donnie, welcome, Donnie. What is up? Hey, what's going on, everybody? How are you doing? I, I'm doubling up. I can't <laughs> doubling up, doubling up. Yeah. So too many things going on at once. No, not too many things. No, going thank on you once. for uh, having me. Here once again. Of course. We're happy to have you here, as always. Such a blessing. Hashtag blessed. This is the first time we are live on YouTube, everybody. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. Yay. Good golf clap. Good golf clap. Soft clap. Soft clap. Soft clap. Donnie, when did you and I start doing this podcast? Uh, when are we going on? Like four months now. No, four months. Yeah, four months. August. Yeah. August. August. Yeah. yeah. And I remember that first Before podcast. you guys met. I yeah. Think. No. No, it was no. way. It was before. No, it wasn't because we talked about it before that. All right, whatever. The point is, so no, we have come off. so far. And last week's episode was a throwback to Thanksgiving, um, just like being thankful for the friends in our lives. And Sheila is one of my dear friends. I met her in the hospital when I was inpatient, and we're skillful friends. And right now she's traveling in Peru, and I'm so proud of her because she did that for herself despite her MI, and very proud of her. So go back last week and listen to Subconscionable Macachino, which is shit Sheila says. And it's a nice throwback to the times when there wasn't Donnie here, and now look at us. We're live on YouTube. So I got to interject real quick. Go ahead. I love your friend Sheila. She's an amazing woman. 
Yeah. But I don't like one thing you said there. I have to say this. Tell me. No one should ever let Emma hold them back from doing something. So to be proud of somebody for doing it's something. Like because saying, No, no. It's kind of like saying, oh, bless her heart. Or oh, don't have anxiety. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I get it. Those things happen. But be proud of them for doing what they right, do. All right. Well, I will read. But regardless of their Emma, I'd be happy that she's doing it because it's an experience in and of itself. Yes. Sorry. Not because of her am I, but because she had the ability to work hard with am I, which is a huge weight on your shoulders. Absolutely. Then, you know, by the grace of God, go fucking her. You know? I agree. Absolutely. Good I mean, job. I mean, so yeah. anyway, bringing it back. Uh-huh. We are having a little wanna weigh in. Uh-oh. It's kind of a trivia. But it's an opinion piece. And today we're going to have our first caller. So I'm going to go through this. And we're going to talk to the caller. So, for want to weigh in today. Why is going to outpatient therapy after inpatient therapy important? And what that means is after you have been admitted into a mental institution or a mental hospital for observation or medical analysis then it is suggested like that you go to outpatient because it takes months for you to re-regulate, especially if you um, have gone into the hospital and have redone your med, like tuned up your meds, right? So for the first question, how many people do you think are treated as inpatients each year in America? Matthew, Each first. Hmm? 30 million. About 10% of the population, I'd say, at least. All right. Donnie? Uh, I'd say 12. 12. Wait, or no, that's your answer. What was that? Is it, what was your answer? 12? 12. 12. All right. And yours was? Around 30. Probably 30. more than that, but like I'd say at least 10% of the population. I would hope probably, probably around like, more like 45. Yeah. So, well, as of 2014, which is the year uh, with the most recent data, specifically on mental health providers that are available, there are over 170,000 residents in inpatient facilities and other 24-hour residential treatment beds at any given night. That averages 53.6% patients per 100,000 People in so the population. 5.36. Yeah. And this is from Analytics on Improving Mental Health. This was from 2014. So now we owe, know that well, since it's out there, it's only yeah. increased. Well, and you think about that, that's only inpatient. We're not talking about saw mental health therapy, saw inpa- or outpatient facilities, right. went and saw a therapist. So, I mean. So we're getting there. So hold that thought. <laughs> like we're going. Okay. Do you think outpatient care is an important step in recovering from a depressive episode? Yes and no. And why for each? I think it is both, depending on the individual. I think for some people going inpatient, they get the skills they need, the help they need, they can come out and be fine. I'm not saying for everybody, but that's also the doctor-patient discretion, right? And we are not doctors here. Exactly. This is all experience. But I would say both. I would say for some, it's good. Like, depending on how long you're inpatient, depending on the program and other things. Diagnoses. So many more things. So, but yeah, I I would say that for the average bloke, if you go 
inpatient, you probably should seek therapy service outside of it, even if it's not an intensive inpatient. So that's a yes. So no, you don't think outpatient care? I think for some people it might not be necessary. Why? Because for some people, they might have just had a break or something happened at the time frame. They needed some help. They got back on their feet. They might need to see like a therapist the rest of their life, huh? Right. But I don't think it's, I, I think, I guess I'm not, I'm differentiating like intensive outpatient versus outpatient. Like if you see yes. a therapist once a month, I don't consider that outpatient as then just like care. Yeah. Well, there's different, but continue. That would be my differentiation. Yeah. There's probably some statistical one. There's probably one that's actually there for me. So I think it's absolutely necessary. All right. For so me. So majority. So you're basically like 80, 20. No, 60, 40, because I just don't know how many people who seek help, you know, for a situation might not need it afterwards. Right. Or, you know, everybody's different. So for me, uh, do I think outpatient care is an important step in recovering from a depressive episode? 95% yes, because I've read research lately. Um, where is it? On... ScienceDaily.com under the depression tab. Check it out. They did this report on how important it is to reintegrate people who have had a severe psychotic break or major depressive episode or have had gone in to be observed in the hospital. Those symptoms, Mm -hmm. in order to go to the hospital as um, like on your own, have happened for at least eight weeks, which is what the depression symptoms like okay. that's signs of depression, at least mm-hmm. eight weeks consecutively. That makes sense. Um, but some people, they might have a psychotic break and they just have to go to the hospital. Yep. However, no matter what reason you go to the hospital, it's still like going to somewhere that you're not familiar with. You don't know the structure. You don't know what they're going to do to you. You have to wear different clothes. You can't have strings on you because people might hang themselves. So reintegration into either a family situation or a relationship or a job after such a mentally draining time is essentially important in my, or in my opinion. Um, the only reason I would say no is if someone was misdiagnosed and they were put there, Without their consent, and there's something other, something other going on in that situation. However, since I've read the research and everything, you know, there's there's really nothing I can say otherwise. No, I get that. So, lastly, how many people do you think attempt or complete suicide after being discharged from a mental hospital? Do I have to give a number or a percentage? I'd say 15 to 20%. 15 to 20%. So we can break down the math if it's in the hard numbers. All right. Let's look at the math. I love math. Dr. David Rudd, a nationally known suicide expert who also works for JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. Which is the shit. Um, He gave a presentation about the warning signs and risk factors for suicide. Um, And had some research showing that weeks and months following discharge from a hospital for a mental health um, situation, people were dramatically at a higher risk for suicide. So, 
What's this I, about? I, I wonder. Yeah. So, is that the same thing for people when they get on antidepressants have a higher risk of suicide? Do they start feeling it's enough better? That's a little mythy. It's not within teens. In teens, it's 100% like proven. It's a little mythy. I will agree with that. But there is that concept of you start feeling enough better to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. That's like the, the place where you take the next step to right. finally able to go there. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with you went to a hospital for 30 to 60 days, depending on what it was. Or maybe, maybe 90. Seven days sometimes. Or that too, which longer stays, in my opinion, are better. Depending. Depends on a lot of things. I, there's always, there's always yeah. if, thens, or buts. But I would say normally if you check yourself in for a mental health issue, staying in for, for four or five days, the longer the better. Totally agree. So after my inpatient um, therapy, my psychiatrist and my therapist suggested outpatient. And what outpatient is, we've talked a lot about it on this podcast, but it's um, the program that I was in was intensive outpatient um, dialectical behavioral therapy. And that's where we're getting our moments for mindfulness, our tip skill information. Can I say something? I have to yes. interject. So I will also say that not all intensive outpatients are equal. No, you're and, right. And Paige's experience with hers and mine were completely different. Mine, My inpatient hospital stay versus outpatient care was dramatically different. In my, I, in my intensive outpatient, outpatient is great. <laughs> well, my Funny. outpatient was a money grab. Oh, okay. Because it was, you know, most, 85% were mandated by the state to be there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're just money grab. So my yeah. experience with actual inpatient was better. That's versus good. yours. Yeah. Okay. So, are we ready for our first caller? You think so? Yeah, I think we're ready. Okay. So, for our first caller... In, I would like to welcome Ashley. She's calling you. What? Well, hey, hey, <coughs> welcome to We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. How Hi, are you Ashley. doing? Hey, how are y'all? Great. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. So, Ashley. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I met you in IOP, which is Intensive Outpatient Program. I have a uh, bipolar 2 diagnosis and spent 19 days in the hospital. And currently, it's been about a year, and I work with two different charities and work for a company called Lush and go to school. Yay. Right on. And why are we skillful friends? Because it helps us remain healthy, mentally healthy and in control. That is so true. And I'm so thankful for our friendship. Our social worker, whenever Ashley left, I said, I just respect her so much. It's like, well, once you get out, y'all can be skillful friends. We're like, yeah, we totally took it on. Like, hell yeah, we're going to do our IOP homework. What skillful friends mean? Ashley? I honestly don't know. I hear you talk about this all the time, but it's not a concept I'm familiar with. Okay. I will, I'll start this, Ashley, then you can add on. So okay. what a skillful friend is, you 
go to the hospital and you make this life decision to change and to fix your depression, not fix it, control it, find a new baseline, figure out medication. And there are people in there who are also not regulated as you are at the very beginning of group. And throughout group and throughout throughout the therapies and everything, you do your homework and you find people who are doing that homework with you. Mm-hmm. So I actually left and I made the decision to finish out the program so that I could be a skillful friend with Ashley so that we both knew our regulation skills for bipolar and depression and to make sure that we check in on each other. Yeah, and I didn't just leave. I finished before you. I Well, you know what I mean. Good call, Ashley. Thank you for setting the, the record straight. I appreciate it. <sighs> All right. Finished my program. You love it. <laughs> so... Why do you think it's so important to attend outpatient therapy after being an inpatient? Um, Because an inpatient kind of, when you're going through whatever type of breakdown you're going through, whatever type of mental illness, when you go into inpatient, it's kind of like they take everything in life away from you. Mm. Yeah. As in off shoulders, so you can begin to heal and they focus on your meds and you focus on group therapy. But then when you get put, when you're put back out, you're just basically thrown out into the world. And just like a soldier, it's a nice stepping stone. So you're still getting yeah. that therapy. It's a nice stepping stone into a private therapist, a private psychiatry, and a way to continue um, the healing process that you began in inpatient versus just being kind of thrown out without any help. Exactly. Actually, that was so informative. Thank you for that. Yeah. I think that was fantastic. Yeah. That's why when we say skillful friends, like we really are. We check in every day. Like, I love you, girl. Yeah. With MI, I mean, the hard work starts really when you get out of the hospital. It does. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because you have to keep doing it every day. Every day. Exactly. Okay. Before I let you go, um, can you give me like an 11 second elevator speech about. Um, our moment for mindfulness, which is half smiling and willing hands. Um, about half smiling is. and willing hands. I'm curious. Remember a moment for mindfulness, half smiling and willing hands. Yes, I totally remember it. Do you want me to explain this? Yeah, just like 11, 11 seconds. Eleven. Okay. Can you do so it in eleven? kind of like the um, look on Mona Lisa's face to where you're not too far up, you're not too far down, you're practicing being in the middle. And the open hands is not being closed off. You're open to change. You're open to other people's opinion. You're showing that your body language is open. Exactly. And with that, Ashley, thank you so much for being our first caller. Woohoo! Thank you, Ashley. Loved having you. And I will talk to you soon probably later probably like in 25 minutes i love you bye okay perfect thank you everyone for uh subscribing uh it's great feedback's great love it uh we just jumped up a bunch of subscribers uh and we love you guys thanks thanks yeah thank you so much remember you're not alone because we are no no alamo Alamo. keep asking us questions yeah if we don't have the answer we will find it We know people. Oh, my gosh. Bye.
Yay! What? What's the time? Yeah, we're not even close. Like you keep on acting like we're done. Wait, like, are I'm we like not trying done? to figure out what the I fuck's going on here. I thought you said we were done. No, I just said thank you for everyone for subscribing. But I just wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Oh my we gosh. Just jumped up like a huge Yeah. Down. All right. Well, we're not done yet, everybody. So Paige had technical difficulty and started so, to think that we were off the air. I got so much. That's why I got really sad. I was like, "All right, we gotta close." Whoa. I felt like Savannah <laughs> Gunthery, like. Oh, I looked way jumped, better at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. So I wanted to. And Paige does look better than Savannah Gunther, by the way. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. This is my mom's faux fur situation. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> God fuck. All right. Last segment. Well, no, not last segment. Do you, so let's do. Let's do. Um, self-soothe and mastery for the next 24 hours and let's end with moment for mindfulness it's your world page we all just live in it obviously what do you think viewers we're gonna try moment for mindfulness first and then end with mastery and self-soothe because i have to drive home and i don't want to be super mindful about the things on the road i don't want to fall asleep all right so cop out hey it's about safety baby Okay. Only when it suits you. So, today's moment for mindfulness is brought to you by Willing Hands and Half Stetson Smiling. Stetson for men. Stetson for men. <laughs> this is exactly like in group therapy because motherfuckers like I'll be like, yeah, because we both get... You want to smell like a walking bottle of we, liquor? We Stetson all, for men is for you. We all get... So, oh, God, what was it? Uh, there's this... Um, like a, a men's spice? warehouse, no, a men's <laughs> warehouse uh, thing, and it says men's warehouse. Oh, you're gonna yes. love the way you look. So my brother-in-law, quick story. My brother-in-law got a tux from men's warehouse. Pretty good. He was staying with us for a day or two while he went to a very fancy black tie wedding here in Austin, Texas. I was very jealous. Yes, so was I. I would have loved to eat the food, but so he has a tux. tux hanging out. I mean. Will look better on me. But besides the point. <laughs> but it was hanging up and Paige comes out. Did it just say that? And I had to go back and reread it to her to make sure she wasn't crazy. What did I say? You know what I, you know what I love so most I, about Paige? Can I can I can I, I say? would love to hear. I what I love most about Paige is that Paige will walk into a room mm-hmm. and I already know where this is going. She will say yep. things on her mind that it's it makes you wonder is this person on the same planet as me. <laughs> shit sometimes no. that comes out of that woman's mouth. No, y'all, oh when you meet Sheila, we already had a segment called Shit Sheila Says. She's on another level than I am. But can we just get back? They have a file. No, let's get, we can get, we can get. They have we, a file at my work. No, no, no. They have a file at my work saying stupid shit Hutch says. They have a file. So I understand. But mine is usually regards to being dumb. Oh. <laughs> Mine is no. usually regarding. No, all honesty though, this is this is uh, this whole entire thing was created by you. Mm-hmm. We're just along for the ride. Uh, but love, also, I want, to, I, roast ever. I want to stress as much roast. as I can that um, these episodes and these live shows and these podcasts—it's really for you guys out there. You know, absolutely have your voice and, and ask questions. And it's not about Matt. It's not about me. Uh, it's really not about Matt. Um, You're goddamn right. <laughs> Be on the lookout for Donnie and I on YouTube campus and around town. Yeah, we're planning on doing stuff like that. We got to uh, 
Can be soliciting information. But Donnie, don't you have to get the, that checked with uh, the Austin police? I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know how to cut live stuff out, but... We can't. It's live. It's, 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 it's in the ether TV. now. Can we do... Okay, moment for mindfulness. Come on. Go All for right. it. Willing hands. We're going to start with willing hands. And everyone, I need you to get with it. Like, yoga, get into a mindset. It's going to be about a minute of just sitting with your thoughts. Hold on, wait. I don't want to interrupt you. We have a question. Yeah. It wasn't a question. Yeah, a question. Let's, answer, let's hear it. Um... Sherry asks, do you, I have a question. Do you start at OPT? Do you start at OPT? Outpatient. Therapy. Oh, okay. Outpatient therapy. If you can, yes. It's. Whose decision is it? Yes. Okay. You have the decision. After you are inpatient, you are given the opportunity to. Find a psychiatrist and a therapist or another um, hospital like Seton. I went to Seton for outpatient after I was inpatient at Austin Lakes Hospital. And uh, this was my second inpatient experience at Austin Lakes. My first one was um, without consent. I had to go to the hospital. Second one was voluntary. And the first one, when I was involuntary and they offered me these resources, I was like, fuck you. I don't need this. I didn't want to come here anyway. And still experienced depression symptoms. So when I went back by my own volition and I was given these resources, I started IOP or intensive outpatient therapy. And there are two types. There's dialectical behavioral therapy and then there are a couple for substance abuse um, and also abuse, I believe. So you can check those out. Definitely at Seton, check with your healthcare providers. They will help you. Um, so no, it's, it's your decision in your mental health. You have the resources available to you. It's just, am I well enough? Am I regulated enough to go do it? And sometimes the answer is no. And I hope podcasts like this will help you answer yes next time. So let's do mindfulness, okay? But Willing let's also hands. say hey. something. No, I mean, answer the question too. I'm, I, but yes, if you don't need oh to gosh. go into the hospital. I'm listening because right. it's important. It is. And I have anxiety and when things don't go my way, I get anxious. So I'm listening to you. It's okay. <laughs> Goose Fraba. Anyway, and if you know the movie reference, that's even better. But no, but it doesn't necessarily have to start with inpatient all the time. Um, I was going to outpatient before I ever even thought about inpatient. So okay. I think that's – it's not necessarily such a hard line. And that's why I was saying like it doesn't have to start with inpatient. It can start with outpatient. And then it can go both ways. It gets an open it's, – it's a pendulum. It goes – it swings so far either way. It's just what's right for you in the time you're in. And, and hopefully, you know, seeking help is that time right. if you need it. Exactly. But you always have an option. Always. Like if you're inpatient or outpatient. All right. Are you ready to do this? Maybe. All right. What are we doing now? Willing hands. Since it's a podcast slash YouTube channel, we're going to do sitting. So everyone, (laughs) this is group therapy, everybody. Like you should have heard my social worker. Willing hands time. Open your hands. Put them in a comfortable place. Place them on your lap or your thighs. 
Make sure your hands are unclenched and turned outward. You're on live right now, baby. I am. <laughs> I don't do well with the whole meditation thing. Well, you're going to learn. And I, I am the and same. Why don't you do this? Close your eyes. Don't think about the podcast equipment. Nothing. And with these hands unclenched, turn them outwards with palms up and fingers relaxed. Now, next step. Half smiling. First, I want you to relax your face from the top of your head down to your chin and jaw. And let go of each facial muscle, forehead, eyes, and brows. Going down to your cheeks, your mouth, and tongue. Are your teeth slightly apart? Try tensing your facial muscles muscles, and then letting go. A tense smile is a grin. It might tell your brain that you're hiding or masking your feelings, so relax a little bit. Let both corners of your lips go slightly up, just so you can feel them. It's not set necessary for others to see it. You can do this in a car, just without your eyes open. A half smile is slightly upturned lips with a relaxed face. Last step, try to adopt a serene facial expression where your eyes are closed, you relax. Remember, your face communicates to your brain, your body, and that connects to your mind. By half-smiling and willing hands whenever I do this, it is to reduce my own intensity and anxiety and depression, and it decreases the duration and frequencies of when I do half-smiling and willing hands and mindfulness exercises. It's helping reduce my own potential fallout, which is what I want you guys to use these mindfulness practices for. And you can go to any IOP any dialectical behavioral therapy website, these resources are for you. So, that being said, let's all reconnect back to the podcast. Mm, we are okay. no Alamo. And as our sign off, as always, let's do mastery and self soothe. So, who would like to go first? Not me. All I'll right. go first. Thanks, Scott. Go ahead. Um, so, mastery, I. Um, definitely need to figure out why Apple products never want to cooperate. This <laughs> <laughs> is Apple. They're the devil. From a technical perspective. The this beginning of the sentence, I would like to, I would like, I would like to apologize to the video, people watching the video, people listening, people, you know, all around the world. Um, why don't we have an apology jar? For the anymore? technical difficulties that occurred in the beginning of the episode because of Apple. Mm. Not because of myself, it. because of Apple. Yeah, uh, no, but in, uh, in all seriousness, just um, I definitely have to look into why our audio signals were getting um, mixed up in the beginning, but they're good now. Uh, so I, I want to work on that. Also, self soothe. Uh, I really want to go home and play Red Dead Online, dude. Yeah, oh. I hear you. And I oh, one more thing. What, what else? Oh, I want I want to watch my. My daughter roll over for the first time because she did it without me being there, and that sucks. I missed that. That's her recording. Yeah, but I want to see her roll over. Yeah, my mom. Everybody's in the background. She's so involved. Check out the previous episodes for Structures Bomb. Call your mom. Also, Thanksgiving. Paige's mom her. is the bomb. Oh yeah, that episode is mom. awesome. Uh, she, every time she comes on, it's just a just yes. a blast, and we, we all can learn support. a thing she's or two. She's clapping like, "Yay, the baby!"